An extract from The Training of a Sovereign by Queen Victoria. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Thursday, 17th of March. We reached Windsor Castle at six. We went to the Queen's room, where Ferdinand and Augustus were presented to the King. We then went to our rooms. At half-past seven we dined in St George's Hall with an immense number of people. Ferdinand looked very well. He wore the free Portuguese orders in one ribbon, which he has the right of doing as husband to the Queen of Portugal. Ferdinand led the Queen in to dinner, and the King led Mamma and I. I sat between the King and George Cambridge, and opposite dear Ferdinand. After dinner we went into a beautiful new drawing-room, where we remained till the gentlemen came from dinner. We then all went into the Waterloo Gallery, where the ball was. The King went in first, then the Queen and Mamma, and then dear Ferdinand with me at his arm. I danced three quadrilles, first with dear Ferdinand, then with George Cambridge, and lastly with dear Augustus. During the evening, dear Ferdinand came and sat near me and talked so dearly and so sensibly. I do so love him. Dear Augustus also sat near me and talked with me, and he is also a dear good young man and is very handsome. He is extremely quiet and silent, but there is a great deal in him. I am so fond too of my uncle Ferdinand. I stayed up till one. I was much amused and pleased. Uncle Ferdinand brought me two kind notes from Uncle Leopold and Aunt Louise. Ferdinand is so fond of Aunt Louise. He told me, oh, je l'aime tante. Both he and Augustus speak French extremely well. This dinner and ball were in honour of dear Ferdinand. Wednesday, 18th of May. At a quarter to two, we went down into the hall to receive my uncle Ernest, Duke of Saxe-Coburg-Gotha, and my cousins, Ernest and Albert, his sons. My uncle was here now five years ago and is looking extremely well. Ernest is as tall as Ferdinand and Augustus. He has dark hair and fine dark eyes and eyebrows, but the nose and mouth are not good. He has a most kind, honest and intelligent expression in his countenance and has a very good figure. Albert, who is just as tall as Ernest but stouter, is extremely handsome. His hair is about the same colour as mine. His eyes are large and blue, and he has a beautiful nose and a very sweet mouth with fine teeth. But the charm of his countenance is in his expression, which is most delightful. C'est à la joie, full of goodness and sweetness, and very clever and intelligent. We went upstairs with them, and after staying a few minutes with them, I went up to my room, played and sang, drew. At a little after four, Uncle Ernest and my cousins came up to us and stayed in my room till ten minutes past five. Both my cousins are so kind and good. They are much more formé and men of the world than Augustus. They speak English very well and I speak it with them. Ernest will be 18 years old on the 21st of June 
and Albert 17 on the 26th of August. Dear Uncle Ernest may be in the present of a most delightful lorry, which is so tame that it remains on your hand and you may put your finger into its beak or do anything with it without its ever attempting to bite. Saturday, 21st of May. At half past seven, we dined with Uncle Ernest, Ernest, Albert, Charles, Lady Flora, Count Collerat, Baron Alvespen, and company. I sat between my dear cousins. After dinner came Princess Sophia, Baron de Hoguier, who had arrived from Lisbon the day before, came after dinner and took leave on his way home. I sat between my dear cousins on the sofa and we looked at drawings. They both draw very well, particularly Albert, and are both exceedingly fond of music, and they play very nicely on the piano. The more I see them, the more I am delighted with them, and the more I love them. They are so natural, so kind, so very good, and so well instructed and informed. They are so well bred, so truly merry, and quite like children, and yet very grown up in their manners and conversation. It is delightful to be with them. They are so fond of being occupied too. They are quite an example for any young person. Friday, 10th of June. At nine, we all breakfasted for the last time together. It was our last happy, happy breakfast with this dear uncle and those dearest, beloved cousins whom I do so love very, very dearly, much more dearly than any other cousins in the world. Dearly as I love Ferdinand and also good Augustus, I love Ernest and Albert more than them. Oh yes, much more. Augustus was like a good, affectionate child, quite unacquainted with the world, phlegmatic and talking but very little. But dearest Ernest and dearest Albert are so grown up in their manners, so gentle, so kind, so amiable, so agreeable, so very sensible and reasonable, and so really and truly good and kind-hearted. They have both learnt a good deal and are very clever, naturally clever, particularly Albert, who is the most reflecting of the two, and they like very much talking about the serious and instructive things, and yet they are so very, very merry and gay and happy, like young people ought to be. Albert always used to have some fun and some clever witty answer at breakfast and everywhere. He used to play and fondle Dash so funnily too. Both he and Ernest are extremely attentive to whatever they hear and see, and take an interest in everything they see. They were much interested with the sight of St Paul's yesterday. At eleven, dear uncle, my dearest beloved cousins, and Charles left us, accompanied by Count Collerat. I embraced both my dearest cousins most warmly and also my dear uncle. I cried bitterly, very bitterly. End of an extract from The Training of a Sovereign by Queen Victoria. Read for LibriVox.org by Melanie T.